0: Hey, everybody. I'm so glad you're joining us for another Venture Podcast this week. Uh, I am your host, Dan Wills, and I am the lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And I am just super excited that you guys are listening uh, into our show today uh, because uh, we are continuing our series on habits and where we make small decisions and get big results. And so I'm excited to be talking to you uh, exactly about that. And so I truly believe God has placed you uh, on uh, in the situation that you're in today uh, the, for a reason and a purpose and as always my prayers that will be shown to you today I want to just start the, 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 the this, this, this series today uh, of talking about and asking you to think about your last normal day right if you work what did you do at the beginning of your work day okay and you might say well I'm gonna stay at home parent. Well, that is a job. And in my opinion, you need a raise, whatever you did on the last normal day. Okay. Think about what you did when you woke up. Okay. Here's what I know. The odds are very, very high that what you did on the, that day was probably similar to what you did on the normal day before that. In other words, if your alarm, if your alarm woke you up today, you probably were awakened by your alarm the day before, okay? Or if you just normally get up with no alarm, okay, you probably got up on that day with no alarm because you probably did something similar to that day before, okay? You probably went to the bathroom somewhere early in the day, and then you probably did something like that the day before, okay? Or maybe you check your social media or maybe you check your emails or read your Bible or maybe do a little workout, perhaps make coffee, maybe make some food, okay? You probably took a shower, which is great and awesome because you may not be employed very long if you don't do that every day. I'm, I'm just promising you that's probably a fact, okay? You probably went to work a similar way as you did the day before. You probably worked with the same people did similar things. You probably got home the same way. And if you drove, what's very scary is that you probably don't even remember the drive home. Like you just kind of automatically got home. And I'm sure some of you are out there going, yeah, I just did that the other day. I'm not sure how I got there. You probably had a normal evening routine, right? You probably have one of those. You might work out in the evening or, or you might do fast food normally, or you just might go home and you cook all your meals. And then maybe you gripe at everybody who didn't help cook those meals because they didn't clean up the, clean up the dishes afterwards and, and, and they didn't say thank you. And you have every right to, 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 to be mad, okay, in that situation. You might have a normal routine with your kids. Okay? You put three kids in the bathtub, one always escapes. And you always find that kid and you throw him back in the bathtub, right? Once the kids are done, you have an evening routine. It might be you look at social media, you binge watch Netflix. It could be that you spend, spend your time in prayer or, or you're journaling, okay? I don't know what your day is like, but chances are it's pretty similar. A lot of similarities to the day before. In fact, if you're in a position where you maybe can write this down, I want you to write down what I'm about to say. Most of what or much of what you do normally isn't a result of conscious choices, but of daily habits, okay? Much of what you do every single day is not a result of dis- of a decision that you make, but of a habit that you already have in your life. In fact, uh, Duke University did a study in 2006, and what they found is that 40% of the actions that you take in any given day are not a result of decisions, but are a result of a habit. 40% of what you do every single day is a result of habits, That's why if you want to change where you're going in life, okay, if you want to change where you're becoming in life, we have to change our habits. If you were with us uh, last week, if you were able to join our podcast last week, we talked about the reality that many people have in similar goals, okay? Think about it. We all want to have good relationships, right? If you're a Christian, you want to be close to God. Uh, you You want to make a difference in this world. And I don't know anybody who wants to drown in debt. Okay? Most of us want some financial freedom or flexibility. And most of us want to be healthy. Okay? The reality is that so many of us have similar goals, but we have dramatically different results. Why? Well, James Clear, we talked about this last week, wrote, because goals don't determine success, but systems determine success. A quote from his book was also, you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall the level of your systems. I want to talk today about systems from a spiritual perspective and I'm going to show you a powerful example of a, of a guy who had a system or, or we could say he had one habit that helped him helped shaped him to become the person that God wanted him to become. We took a brief look at him last week and I want to take a more detailed look this week. His name is Daniel. And maybe you were in Sunday school and you know who Daniel is in the Old Testament. And when we think of Daniel, most people think of Daniel in the lion's den. And that's impressive that he had the faith to stand down lions and, and survive. But to to me, what's also really impressive is there, is there were 120 young leaders who, who stood out in the nation. Okay, And of those 120 top leaders... Daniel stood out amongst all of them as having exceptional qualities. And so uh, we want to dive into our scripture today. So if you will turn to me, if you have a chance, and read Daniel 6, 3. And I'll read it to you guys uh, here. It says, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his ex- exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him uh, over the whole kingdom. So why in the world would Daniel stand out, or why did he stand out? What was it that made him who he was? He might have had a, a spirit of, of excellence, or maybe great leadership gifts, or, or maybe he was good relationally. We don't know exactly what it was, but there was something in the life of Daniel that, that caused him to stand out amongst 120 top people around and so before we answer the question of what made him stand out, I, I want to tell you what kind of happened, okay? He became popular with the king, and he, and he was going to get promoted, and there were a lot of people that didn't like him. And anytime you rise in success, you have people that don't like you. And so his enemies decided to try to take him down. They, they looked for any kind of weakness, any kind of flaw in his character, any kind of defect so they could trip him up. But they had a problem finding it. And look what scripture says, okay? Daniel 6, 4. At this, the administrators and the satraps uh, tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his uh, conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do this. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. So what they want to do is they wanted to trip him up, right? They couldn't find any flaw or weakness, so they determined that the only way they can trip him up is to do something about his God. This guy is so into his God, that's the only chance we have of giving, getting him to, to make some kind of mistake. And so what they did is they tricked the king into issuing a decree, that if anyone prays to anyone except the king in the next 30 days, that they would have to be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel stood out. He was so distinguished that amongst 120 top leaders, he was the one that rose to the top. What was it that made him who he was? I would argue it was a system, or it was one very small habit that over time shaped his identity and gave him confidence to be who God created him to be. I'll show you the system. It's in the same scriptures we're reading, except it's in verse 10, 610. Here's what it says. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. What did Daniel do? Not once a day, not twice a day, but three times a day not when it was convenient and not when it was easy, not when you were done watching the the good shows on Amazon Prime, but every single day he stopped. He sought God. He he listened for the voice of God. He, He brought his burdens before God. He petitioned to God. He let God direct his steps three times a day as he had done before. He prioritized his life around intimate time with his heavenly Father. What did Daniel do? He lived a habit, a system, fellowship, intimacy, time with God, one small discipline. And what I would say to you is this, never underestimate how our God can start something big through one small habit, okay? Never underestimate what God might do, something special, something powerful, something that impacts a lot of people that starts with one single small act of obedience, Our God loves to take small acts of faithfulness and do something special through those things. In fact, uh, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you a little bit of what's helped me, okay? There is a book out there called The Power of Habits by Charles Dewey, and he talks about what he calls a keystone habit. What you'll do in your life is you'll find there are certain habits that when you have them in place, Okay, They have they help propel you onto other helpful, God-honoring disciplines. And Daniel stopped to pray three times a day, right? Well, this was a keystone habit that I promise you that brought other elements into his life that, that helped him become who he was supposed to become. The presence of one habit tells me I'm disciplined, okay? So if I have this one habit, then, then I know I'm going to be disciplined. Like, Therefore, if I do this discipline, I I will go to bed on time. I will get up on time. I will do my Bible reading plan. I will go to work. I will have a productive day. I come home in a good mood, okay? And it starts back over. If I don't do the one habit, okay, I don't feel disciplined. I hit snooze on the alarm. I don't have time to do my Bible plan. I, I rush into work. I'm not productive. I have a bad day. Therefore, I have to stay late, and I know my wife, Jen's going to be mad at me, so I drive home really, really fast. A police officer tries to pull me over. I don't want a ticket, so I try to outrun him, and eventually, four of them, capture me, put me in jail, all because I didn't do my one original habit. Now, as you can tell, I'm slightly exaggerating, but not by much. What set Daniel apart? Three times a day, he stopped to have intimate fellowship with God, just as he had done before. Never underestimate how God might start something big, something special, through something very small. One act of obedience. Okay, if you were with us last week, we said, let's do something a little different, right? Instead of starting with the do, what do I want to do? Let's start with the who. Before we ask, what do I want to do? Who does God want me to be? Who am I supposed to be? And I ask the question, who do you want to become? right? Who do you want to become? A godly parent, uh, a bold witness, a person who's healthy, you know, breaking generations of obesity in the family, whatever it is. Maybe you want to be a person that's clean and sober. Who do you want to be? Now, we're going to add another piece of application this week. And here's your one assignment, okay? Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? Okay, based on who God is calling you to be, what is one small discipline that will move you in that direction? It has to be something small. It may be for you that you're gonna not gonna hit the snooze button ever again. Okay, now if you do that, listen to me. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Right. So get up and go on with your day. Okay. It could be something incredibly small. You might you might say Bible before Instagram. Before I pull pull up social media, I'm going to do my Bible reading plan for the day. Or I'm going to pray with my kids before they go to bed. But just one simple prayer. What do you do based on who you want to become? You may say, I want to be a person that cares about others. So for you, it's, I'm going to write one note a day to express my gratitude or appreciation to someone in my life. Or I want to be a person that's organized. So for you, you're going to make your bed every day. Why? Because you start the day that way. You want to be a godly example to your kids. So you do a Bible reading plan with them. So every day that there's a spiritual touch point together. Or you want to be a person that's focused. So you need to take out your little note cards every day and you have three things. These are, you know, these are my three priorities and you do them every single day. You want to be a person that's healthier. So you walk three times a week for 20 minutes, whatever it is, based on who you want to become. What one new habit do you need Uh, to be put in place. What new system do you want that will take you where God wants to take you? Now, some of you will say, I don't do systems. Well, guess what? We all have systems. You either have systems by intent or by default, but you have systems. We all do. Your system may be hit the snooze button four times, get up late, kick the cat, yell at the kids, drive like a bat out of the dark place, okay? All the way to work with your hair wet. Putting makeup on, then you get at work, be grumpy all day, come home, yell at the kids, kick the cat again, go to bed, feel guilty. Okay? It's a system. It's not a good one, but it's a system. What new habit based on who God wants you to become do you need to create? In all the different books on habits, they all talk in different formats, uh, formats about the habit loop, okay? Let me show you how this plays out, or let me share how this plays out. This is what happens in the life of everybody, okay? It's called the habit loop. There's something that will be a trigger or a cue for you, okay? You see something, you walk by the refrigerator, you get bored, okay? You get hungry, you get angry, you get hangry, right? You get lonely. It's the end of the day. It's the beginning of the day. There's a trigger, okay, or there's a cue that always leads to an action or some sort of response, okay? Then you do the act, okay? You eat the piece of cake or you pray with your kids, Uh, you sleep in later or you yell at somebody or you kick the cat (laughs) or you eat a second hamburger, whatever it is, there's an action and then you get the reward, okay? That's the dopamine, the sugar rush, the pleasure, the extra seven minutes of sleep, the enjoyment of seeing the cat fly across the room because you just kicked him, and then it goes back to the trigger, Okay, So you have the trigger, then you have the action, and then you have the reward. That's how habits are formed. Okay, There's a trigger. We see something, we feel something, we have an emotion. We go to that type of action, we get a similar type of reward, and then the process repeats itself over and over and over again. So how do we start a new habit? Well, what we want to do is we want the trigger and the action to be two things. Okay, So if you have a chance to write this down or if you're embedding this into your brain, okay, Here's with two things. We want to make it obvious, okay? We want to make it obvious. And the second one is we want to make it easy. We want to make it easy, obvious and easy. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to make it obvious. If you want to change what you do, then we're going to change what we see. Make the trigger obvious. If you want to take vitamins every day, put the vitamins out the night before you go to bed so when you wake up, there's the trigger. I'm going to take the vitamins. If you want to be someone who is reading every night before you go to bed, take your book, put it out on the pillow at the beginning of the day, and at the end of the day, there's the trigger. It's really, really obvious, right? If you want to write a note every day to encourage somebody, okay, at the end of the day, put the note and the pen on your desk so when you walk in the next day, boom, there's a trigger. This is what I'm supposed to do every day. Make it really obvious. Then make it easy. And this is what's so much fun, okay? You don't need to say, I'm going to read through the Bible this year. If you try that, you might quit by the third week of June, okay? Instead, what you might do is simply say, this year, I'm going to read one verse every single day, every day. Get a streak going on your Bible app, okay? Uh, just get some kind of streak going. Then every day, you just open it up, the first thing, and you, and you read the verse of the day, Okay? Here's my promise. If you do that for 27 days, you might just get an appetite to read two verses, okay? And then one day you're reading a chapter, okay? Start small and let it grow from there. And you might say, well, I wanna pray with my spouse, but but we don't know how to pray together. It's just too awkward and too intimate. I mean, I know we can kiss and give each other a hug, but we can't pray together. So what you're gonna do is you're just gonna grab your spouse's hand and thank God for one thing. Just one every day. Thank you, God, that we have air conditioning in our house on this hot day. Or if you're in a place that's cool, you have heat every day, whatever it is. Or maybe it's, thank you, God, that we didn't kill one of our children today. Okay? Or, you know, whatever it might be. Or maybe it's for you, it's, man, thank you, God, I didn't kick the cat today. I, I don't know. Okay? But you maybe you want to journal. What do you do? One sentence. Just start there. Here's where I saw God work today. One sentence. You might get carried away and have two sentences one day. I want to get in better shape maybe. Ten push-ups. Can't do ten, do five. Can't do five, do one. Can't do one, put your knees down. Do something. Start small and see what happens. What are you doing? You're building a system. There's a cue, right? A trigger. There's a trigger that tells me after this, this is what I do because this is the new habit in my life. Here's how you'll write out it in your notes okay if you want if you're taking notes you'll say this i will do blank after i blank that's your system i will do blank after i blank daniel would would have said this after i eat my eggs i pray after i eat my roast beef sandwich i pray after i eat my chicken dinner i pray i do this and then i do this action i will do blank after i blank my morning routine my myself my morning routine looks like this okay I wake up to no alarm. You can ask my wife if you ever got a chance to meet her. I wake up five minutes before my line goes off all the time. Okay, I set an alarm, but no matter what time I set it for, I'm up five minutes before. Okay, I go to the bathroom first thing. And then after the bathroom, I do my Bible plan. Okay? And then I get dressed. Then I start my day. Okay, What I've got is I've got a system, a routine that aligns my heart with God. It renews my mind with truth empowers me to do what God called me to do. Just a few small things started over a matter of time have helped me who I've become. What's yours gonna be? It might be after, you know, you drink a coffee, I read one Bible verse. Or after I put my kids to bed, I do a 30-second plank. After I brush my teeth, I journal one sentence. After I journal one sentence, I grab my spouse's hand and we thank God for one thing, okay? Or whatever it is for you. But successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. People who are close to God, but not there by accident, they have small disciplines that draw them close to God. People who are financially strong, they don't do it going shopping for whatever they want, okay? There's a discipline, there's a plan, there's a mindset, there's habits. People who are in shape, it doesn't happen going to all-you-can-eat buffet three times a day, Okay. It takes a plan. It takes some exercise. It takes some small disciplines consistently done over time. We all have similar goals, but we have incredibly different results. We don't have goal problems. We have system problems. We got habit problems. What set Daniel apart? Time with God three times a day. The biggest revelation I've had in my life in recent years is this. And I'm just going to be real with you guys. If you look from the outside, you might say, well, you've had some things that have fallen in a place that might be called success. And yet, to me, I am never satisfied. I'm always wanting something else, something different, something more. And what i realize is that I've been living with the wrong kinds of goals. My goals have primarily been means goals. What's a mean goal? A mean is a goal that leads to something else. It's a means to an end how do you know if your life is full of means goals? Here's how. Because on the other side of your goal, there's always a so. I want to get good grades, so I can go to a good school, so I can get a degree, so I can get a good job, so I can make enough money, so I can take her out on a date, so we can get married and go on a good honeymoon, so we can raise a family in a nice house and so on and so on and so on. My goals have always had a so on the other side of it. The problem is this. Whenever there's a so on the other side of it, that happiness or fulfillment or contentment or joy is always deferred to the future. There's always something else out there. It's always in the future. And what I've realized is that instead of setting means goals, What I want to do is I want to set end goals. And the only end that I can find the other side of every so is not a what, but it's always a who. It's not what what I'm getting or where I'm going or what I'm doing, but who am I becoming? And the only end goal that ever seems to matter is if I become more like Christ. Why would I ever want anything else unless I could use it for his glory? more like Christ. And if that becomes the driving force of your life, then success is not somewhere out there, but you can be successful when you're obedient to him today. It's not some big result that's five years in the future or 10 years in the future. It's in a single act of faithfulness and obedience today. I am successful today because I honored God today. So if there's always a so at the end of your goal, you're always gonna be reaching for something my hope and my prayer based on who god wants you to become what one small act of obedience will you start today and then find joy in it i did what you called me to do wasn't big but i was faithful in the small things and guess what god's word says that whenever you're faithful in the small things god will trust you with big things be faithful to few And God will trust you with more. But don't kid yourself, folks. Listen to this. Don't kid yourselves. You're not successful when you get more. You're successful when you're faithful today. Amen. That concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, uh, we'll hope you'll be back as well so we can finish up our series of habits where we're making one small decision and getting big results. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast or Chandler Acres Church or if you'd like to support this ministry, please visit us at ChandlerAcresChurch.com.